You didn't think you were going to learn about delayed gratification robots today, did you? It was not something I expected to refresh her lesson on, no. Yeah. Welcome to the Skiffy and Vandy Show, Torture Cinema. From acid rock to acid spitting robotic spiders, Gene Simmons has it all. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh god, Gene Simmons, why is he in this movie? I know why he's in the movie. I will tell you to later. To stare creepily at you? Well, it has a lot to do with that, correct. Well, I'm Sean. And I'm Becca. And on today's show, we will talk about what we're drinking and we'll talk about Runaway, a 1984 film written and directed by Michael Crichton. You read that correctly, or heard that correctly, rather. And starring Tom Selleck, Cynthia Rhodes, Gene Simmons, and Kirstie Alley. The film was put on a poll created by fan and supporter of the show, Jeff Zillin, who then broke the tie because folks don't vote enough. So, Jeff, we love you, but also, if you fell down a flight of stairs, we probably wouldn't help you at this point. I mean, I'd help you up, but I probably would have been the person who pushed you down in the first place. You, you feel guilty about it a little o- bit. Only a tiny bit. Anyways, before we get into it, a friendly reminder that we want to hear from you. Share your comments with us about this and past episodes at skiffyandfanty.com slash listener suggestions. We want to put together a listener mailbag episode with your thoughts, questions, topic suggestions, and more. So get those thoughts in. Do it or else. Well, so we're drinking stuff because it's torture cinema, which means we have to be drinking stuff. So by we have to be drinking stuff, you may bring any beverage of any kind, yes. but it just so happens that Becca and I have both brought in alcohol. <laughs> yes. Water water is a valid beverage choice. I mean, if you drink more water, that means you'll have to pee more often so you can escape from bad movies. Very strategic of you. So what are you drinking? I am drinking uh, a red wine that my boss gifted to me, despite the fact that technically gifting alcohol to your subordinates is uh, not allowed where I work. <laughs> okay. But um, it's a very lovely red wine that I, I, I know nothing about because it, uh, oh, it doesn't actually... Oh, tell actually... us about the vintage. <laughs> so 2020 Montpulciano de Bruzzo. Um, I'm not Italian. I have no idea what those mean. Okay. And I, it doesn't say if it's like a port or like a what wine so i have no idea but it's tasty i don't know a lot about wine i just like i'll drink it occasionally and this movie deserves it deserves lots of wine oh that is a very full glass indeed (laughs) (laughs) well you know Uh, every time i think about gene simmons staring at me through a camera oh you really just need alcohol to deal with that vision he does stare a lot in this movie and it's not just the staring it's the creepy little smile that's not really a smile it's just like he's like showing you his teeth and it's terrifying it is terrifying and very weird yes incredibly weird what is uh, what is he doing i don't know but what are you drinking to deal with the torment sean so i started with some pre-drinking because i I usually try to do like a themed cocktail for these things and all of the cocktails that i could find that were tom Selleck themed who is the star of this movie Involved in alcohol I hate. Oh, no! Because <laughs> I am not, I'm not really a whiskey, bourbon, or any of those, like, quote-unquote manly drinks or whatever. They're just really not my jam. So I tried a few that did have some in it, and there was one I really enjoyed, but I'm also trying to eat healthy. And so the one that I enjoyed had a 
crap ton of maple syrup in it. So I couldn't do that because... But it sounds intriguing. I also need to be able to be drinking throughout this entire thing. And I I just, I can't consume that much sugar because I'm 38. And Uh all of my friends have diabetes and I am the last holdout. And I plan to hold out until I die. Ouch. (laughs) So I decided I would finish off the last of my sour beers. This is a sour gummy waterman melangosa from Half Brothers Brewing Company, which... I don't remember where it is. All I know is it was delicious and uh, I enjoy it. The raspberry version is is better, but the watermelon is quite refreshing. Nice. Now that we've covered what we're drinking, let's move on to covering the summary of whatever the hell it is that I watched last night. Well, perfect. So I will cover the summary and try to explain what is the story of this movie. Good luck. (laughs) So (laughs) I got it. I got it. So this movie stars Tom Selleck as one Sergeant Jack R. Ramsey, who is a police officer, veteran, I should say, veteran police officer, who is part of what's known as a runaway squad, which is a group of people that in this indeterminate future essentially go around and deal with any situation in which robots have malfunctioned, whether that is their mowing down cornfields or have apparently decided to murder all the people in the house. Why people still own robots is very confusing to me, but sure. So he's part of this runaway squad. At the beginning, as is very common in any of these sort of cop drama action thriller kind of movies, he gets a new partner named Karen Thompson, played by Cynthia Rhodes, who is enthusiastic about the job, but also is weirdly attracted to him for reasons that don't quite make sense. All this is happening while another character played by Gene Simmons, who is named Dr. Charles Luther, is attempting to do something that I don't quite understand, which seems to be creating robots that inject acid into you and then murders people and involves some evil chips that turn robots bad. I don't actually know what his end game is, to be totally honest. I I assume it's like what is normally there, which is he wants like, you know, power and fame or whatever, but he already has that. So it's very, it's unclear. Anyway, the premise from there is just the the uncovering of Luther's big plot and uh, Ramsey kind of trying to fight him and, and things going bad. And Gene Simmons just staring awkwardly at people for hours on end. And then at the end, the movie closes by basically having him be murdered by his own robots also i should note that ramsey is afraid of heights Mm, yes that was very important conveniently and importantly is actually relevant to the movie (laughs) which thank you thank you michael crichton (laughs) yes yeah follow through on exactly one thing in the entire movie. exactly one thing yeah good summary i I think i did okay Uh i mean the movie's not it's not intelligent but it's also easy to mostly follow well apparently that was what Crichton wanted like apparently he didn't want it to be like a literary movie well he succeeded (laughs) (laughs) he said here movies are about the here and now in things you see to me there's no point in writing a highly cinematic book or doing a very literary movie and he obviously achieved his goal because this is not a very cinematic movie or highly literary it's it had one redeeming feature for me. That was it. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm sure we'll get to that in our likes. I, I will also note this is, as far as I'm aware, the last time Michael Crichton directed anything. 
Oh, was it? I have not quite verified, but that was the note that I saw. And I will say that this is from the era in which apparently Hollywood thought that writers of really important books could also direct things because Stephen King was also directing during this period. Was he also high on cocaine? He was super, super fucked up on cocaine. Well, I mean, that's how he made all of his books, so it can't be any worse than his books, but his books are pretty bad, so... Oh, no, it can be pretty bad. He adapted his own Maximum Overdrive, which we've done on Torture Cinema. Thank God I wasn't in that one. There were TV spots where he just, like, stares. You can tell he is whacked out on cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at us going, it'll be the scariest thing in the world but in his Stephen King voice Uh and you're just going like wow bro I've never been more terrified of a semi truck in my life Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, so the note I saw was final science fiction film directed by Michael ah, Crichton. So there we go. So he might have directed. He other also things. said that in his worldview, this film was about a year ahead of where they were. <laughs> uh huh. Just think no, about that. This is the same era of Blade Runner, The Terminator. Like there are dozens. Like even an actor in this movie was in a better movie. <laughs> The, the kid who uh-huh. played his son, Bobby, is in Flight of the Navigator. I don't know what that one is either. <laughs> oh my god, you gotta... Okay, we did a podcast on it, Becca, but also you should watch Flight of the Navigator. It's a kid's movie, kid's science fiction film. It is amazing, and it's so fun. It's oh, and it so only fun. came out two years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This kid was in it. Huh. And then, uh, you know, after his, his career as a child actor dried up, he went into the world of crime. So, oh, you know. Yeah, bank robbery, drugs, Okay, all he of went problems. a little bit more over the edge than your usual child actor, but I can respect it. Not like Corey Feldman, which is just, he's just weird. Yeah, no, no, strange. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Corey Feldman's just kind of a very quirky dude. I don't actually dislike Corey Feldman, to be clear. So if Corey, you're listening to this because you absolutely listen to this podcast. I actually quite like you and I appreciate your efforts at your artistic endeavors. So you get six points for that. What an arbitrary number of points. Yeah, all my points are arbitrary. But the kid who played Bobby in this did in fact have a have a little bit of a career and then he went into like some serious crime in Canada. So he didn't serve a lot of time because... Canada, Canada doesn't, doesn't believe in the prison system like America does. Good for them. Well, I, I feel like in this guy's case, may, maybe, <laughs> maybe they need not. to believe in it a bit more because he, he kind of repeatedly offended. So, Oops. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it was probably because robots almost killed his dad. <laughs> I mean, that would do it, right? Well, okay. So let's get to some likes, shall we? Let's talk about our likes. So Absolutely. Becca, what is, what is your like about this film? My like was that Tom Selleck as Sergeant Jack R. Ramsey... He did seem like an actual decent father. Like, he cared about his yeah. kid. He, you know, immediately rushed off to try and save his kid as soon as something bad was happening to him. They, like, laughed together about a stupid joke about his dad saying cuss words. Like, it did just seem like a very genuine father-child relationship. And it it did really shine in the rest of a mediocre movie. Because it did, like, it, it was nice. He loved his kid. And you could really see that. I'm with you. That it it is really sweet, actually. It's very uh, family-oriented, this movie, despite all the murder that happens. Yeah, all the murder and <laughs> explosions and yeah. acid-spitting spider robot. There is a note in the trivia that it accurately predicted the future of robots. And I'm like, did we watch the same movie? Like, <laughs> I bet they're thinking of, like, those robot dogs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I, didn't know I just, <laughs> the actual robots in the film looked 
so bad. They're 80s robots. They're they're just remote control like gadgets. That's like so all they bad. Are. It's one of those weird things. Like it's an 80s film, right? Because they they don't have CG and stuff. They don't. They have to like go with what tech exists in 80s that we can make look like it might be more future. But like you had the Star Wars droids to look at, and instead you made boxes. Oh, there's a there is a trivia note about this oh? very thing. The production notes for this movie say one of the differences between this film and some recent science fiction films is the robots. Unlike the robots in Star Wars, which acted human, and the robots in Blade Runner and The Terminator, which looked human, these are truly machines. Just as today's automobile manufacturers are using industrial robots for certain tasks in the assembly of cars, within the next five to ten years, we will be seeing robots like the ones in the film. Robots that pick the bugs off crops, that guard offices, and that prepare and serve meals. Well, where's my meal preparing robot? Because I I hate cooking and cleaning dishes, so, like, I need one. I'm right there with you. Yeah, Hello where's Fresh my fucking is worthless robot? to me without a robot to clean the dishes afterwards. Yeah, if anything, we should honestly sue the production of this movie. How yeah, dare you say that this us. predicted? Liars. Absolute monsters. What are you doing with your lives? <laughs> Not much, apparently. <laughs> Not much. Well, I don't know. Michael Crichton did go on to do things like ER and stuff, so he he had a very successful career in film. Anyways, you like the da- you like the dad son relationship. I like the father son relationship. Even the relationship with his house robot. Yeah, Lois. Lois is it Lois? Whatever. It's her probably Lois. I just yeah. see Lois and I see Lois Lane. <laughs> Uh, because I I work at a comic shop. What do you want from me? Because <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning, I actually genuinely kind of bought into the idea that, it that was he's married. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't actually show you Lois until they're showing you that she's a robot. Honestly, I could kind of see why he has that particular robot. Because even though it's a little quirky and like repeats things people say, even though it shouldn't. It is attentive. I mean, the only thing it doesn't do is basically as a sex doll because it's just like a house robot. Yeah. But it's like fulfilled the role for the death of his wife, which we learned at the beginning, which is kind of sweet, but also a little sad at the same time. A little sad that his kid is basically raised by a robot because his dad is so often called away to the police station that I don't actually think we see him get in a bed to go to sleep. Because every time he goes home, the station, like, calls him and says, we need you at the station. So I don't think he ever actually sleeps in this film. Headcanon. He's a robot. <laughs> we don't ever see him sleep. No, we don't. We really don't. We see Bobby sleep. Yeah, but Bobby's or, or a Or at least we see him put to bed. Yeah, we right? see him put to bed. We know his partner go at least goes home where presumably she does sleep. Well, I mean, but maybe she just sits in her recharge station. She could be a robot, too. You don't know. They could all be robots. Oh my god. Oh my then god, that means that Gene Simmons' Luther is just a humanoid robot that's gone bad. That explains and it, that would this explain is the everything. Beginning of, this is the beginning of Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for my neighbors about that screech. Um. <laughs> that's what's happening. I'm yeah, literally tied the these beginning movies of Blade together. Runner. They're all robots. <laughs> oh my god. We've uncovered the conspiracy theory. But yeah, like, he never actually, like, changes out of his uniform or goes to bed. (laughs) He doesn't. He's just always at the station or saying goodnight to his kid or at the station. 
But you know what's cool about it? This is a thing you almost never see in these kinds of movies. He is presented as like a, a like a wholesome dad figure. He cares about his kid. Obviously, he's lost his wife, but he clearly still cares about her, even though it's been several years. And so instead of presenting like the Riggs version, like the Lethal Weapon Riggs character who's kind of unstable, he's actually got his shit together. And he's just not actively pursuing women. In fact, throughout this movie, and this would be my like, I appreciate up until the very end, and we'll come back to it, I appreciate so much that even though his partner is clearly attracted to him and thinks that what he's asking her is to like go out on a date, he's actually just genuinely like, I want to get to know you because you're my partner and we should be able to have dinner at my house and like be you know collegiate and friendly and all yeah. of these kinds of things. Because you're my partner. You're not like, yeah, you're a woman, but you're still my partner. Yeah, that was definitely another good part. It's the respect. He does actually respect her. She's just a rookie. She just knew. Yeah. Right? It doesn't even have that moment when he's he's pointing out to her that she doesn't know a lot about, because she comes from traffic, which I don't know how you go from traffic to robot hunting, but sure, that's what you do. He's He's telling her stuff about the job that she doesn't know. But he's not doing it in a way of like, you aren't fit for this gig. It's more like, you just need to know this. He's just doing as as like an educational, okay, you're, you're on my team now. Here's what we do. I did really appreciate that attitude. At the start of it, like his division doesn't seem like a super dangerous division. It seems like on par with yeah. traffic. Because he, I, at first he's like, yeah, you know, usually we just have to find the off switch. And you just have to turn the robot off. So, like, I, I can see where she would go from traffic to a robotic runaway division because it doesn't seem like there should be danger until you get to the point where, oh, there's this robot, you know, stabbed right. three people and there's a baby in the house and somehow the robot <laughs> got a gun and can the shoot gun the gun. So <laughs> How a robot can shoot a gun when it doesn't look like the robot has hands, I it's do not know. Cool. It just holds it in its little claw. <laughs> okay, but you, I, you can't, physically cannot shoot a gun with a claw and also aim the gun. Like you could put the gun, the gun down on the ground and like squeeze. Like it doesn't translate because if you tried to hold up the gun without squeezing it hard enough to pull the trigger, you wouldn't be able to pull the trigger because it would just be pointing down at the ground. No, you know? no, I did not think this deeply about that sequence, but I appreciate that you did. <laughs> Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my ADHD brain. I I did not understand how the robots in this movie were meant to be dangerous. It also went pretty far because the, the first time we see them with robots is when they go to the cornfield. And it's like one of the little that they make robots that like pick caterpillars, basically, and bugs off of the, the corn stalks in order to protect them. Which I respect because it means they've replaced using pesticides with a more, and it's not natural, but a less less toxic variation. Yeah, so they go to this field, and it's just gone rampant. It's just knocking over stalks, and there's, like, drawing weird lines in it. I had hoped that it would, like, put, like, a symbol up or something, but no. Yeah, like, put the Superman symbol up or, you know, like, a middle finger or the anarchy symbol, like, anything. You know, but no, it doesn't. But then they just have to chase it. And this is supposed to be funny. It's kind of dumb, but it's just them chasing it through the corn stalks, trying to catch it to turn it off. 
And then it goes from that to, let's just ramp this up to 11. You're going to a house where there's been murder and a baby might be getting killed. But he acts as though it's not, this is this is a thing you sometimes have to deal with. So, and so this raised a question for me. What the fuck is this society where robots routinely fail and put people's lives in danger that people still have robots in their houses? Like, where is the quality control? Right? Nobody owns a Roomba and, like, the Roomba picks up a fucking steak knife and just starts stabbing people. And they're like, man, we got to get a new Roomba. No. <laughs> like, No. No. Then you name it Stabby and you give it the appropriate rank every time it stabs somebody. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it's very strange to see how these robots have been, on one hand, integrated to society, but on the other hand, still seem to be dangerous. Because there's one point where the tech person is talking to Ramsey and he's like, oh yeah, you know, sometimes they get overheated and one of their chip pops off and they go crazy. And I'm like, and that's common? Like your robots often overheat and go <laughs> freaky? What? <laughs> it's like such an 80s perception of robots of like, yeah, like the robots are just bound to go bad. And it's like, yeah. no, you had no idea of what kind of world ro- of robots we'd live in now. Because like I breathe on a computer weird and it stops working. Right. I don't. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean they can just pop out a chip and keep functioning? <laughs> like, it's so bizarre. Because when you think about robots today that we have in our homes, like. We don't have that many. It's mostly Roombas and things like that. It's mostly Roombas and, like, blink cameras. But, like, if a chip knocks out of that, it just stops working. Yeah! (laughs) That's the end of it. It doesn't go haywire and start murdering people. But on the other hand, you could argue that that is a facet of the planned obsolescence movement. Very possible. Where anything goes wrong, they want you to buy a new one. So it's just, like, ruined. But in the movie, they're very clear on, like, don't fuck with the robots because we need them. Oh, I wonder if some part of that is also maybe maybe because these the robots we use today have the 80s to look back on. They went, we got to make sure that when a chip pops out, it just breaks so they have to buy a new one and doesn't murder them. (laughs) So somebody took this as a life lesson. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in a way, right? Like kind of like science fiction is a warning. I mean, this is this movie makes no sense. Well, yeah, Crichton tried to do that with Jurassic Park and look where that got us. I mean, we haven't made dinosaurs yet, but we got Jurassic World three times. So (laughs) I'm sorry. I hate those movies. Like, I just. (laughs) They're terrible. It's one of those things where like this movie kind of is doesn't make a lot of sense because if you try to think about the world building, it's just like, but why would they own robots? But then you realize, like, every decade is just doing this same dumb thing, which is, like, we're imagining a world in which a thing that shouldn't exist exists. Was there anything else that you particularly liked about this film? No. No? I don't like that in the cast list on Wikipedia, they have one person listed as Hooker at bar (laughs) and another person listed as Hooker. That's right. It even has Kirstie Alley in this, and I, I gotta say, there's a moment in this when she, it's basically like the sexy scene of her taking her clothes off because she's got, she's, she's bugged, bugged, as it were. And I just felt like, this says a lot about Luther. What man needs to have, like, it's like four different bugs in four different pieces of clothing. And apparently she doesn't even, like, know about some of yeah. them. So, like, how the fuck did he get the bugs on her clothing? It's like in everything. There's one in her her shirt, in her bra. Her shirt, her, her bra. Pants, her pants. Her skirt, skirt line. line. Yeah, yeah, And there was one in her underwear. And her shoes, I In her shoes. Yeah, that's right, in her heels. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it says a lot about that character, which is he's incredibly controlling and is not a good man yes. <laughs> at all. Terrible. Terrible, Terrible man. man. Terrible. And I just kept thinking of, like, 
I appreciate it on one hand that they didn't go full bore because this could have been just rated R and have Kirstie Alley be nude. They didn't. They had her turn around and take off when she had to take off her bra to get rid of the Which bug. respect that they didn't do that. But on the other hand, it's like, do they not have a conception of privacy? Like, could they just not put a sheet up? Like, the sensors would sense if there's a bug anyway. So, like, give her some privacy. Maybe they were just much more progressive on sex a year in the future. Yeah, that's fair, because Michael Crichton did say that this might be just a year in the future. If you want my worldview, I think it's about a year ahead. <laughs> what the fuck? This is not, this future is not a year ahead at all. There is no way, considering that we don't have sentry bots that <laughs> zap people. Right. With, like, a tase stun. But why did they have, whenever... why? Why does the robot And also, have why did that robot malfunction, right? That's never explained. No, it's not. Why is it going after that one person when, if she's a hooker, she doesn't even work in that building? Oh, Kirstie Alley's right? character? Yeah. She's not a hooker. Is she? Uh, maybe not. I got the impression she was like, like Luther's squeeze, basically. Well, yeah, but like, I just assumed that he was a pimp. You thought, in addition to be a creepy criminal robotics guy? Like, oh, now I'm so I confused. I don't know. Luther was such a weird character. And this gets into, like, kind of my dislike. Okay, so it's like it. a good, it's a good segue. I really just didn't like Gene Simmons in this movie. He's not great. <laughs> He's creeptacular. Oh, he is. Right? There is literally a point in the film where he's just staring at the camera for like 15, 20 straight seconds <laughs> yes. that made me viscerally uncomfortable, right? Because he's just staring at the camera and he's got this creepy little smile on his face. And it's so strange, right? And so I was just looking at the Wikipedia page and it makes a lot of sense now because oh, you, you found apparently it? Crichton didn't want Simmons to memorize the script or talk to his acting coach. Right, because this was at the period when Simmons actually had been studying acting for like three years. Because he, he thought he would make a turn as an actor. So this was like three years into his supposed acting career? Well, he had done some stuff for, for with Kiss, where he basically played himself in Kiss production. A fictional Kiss stuff. So there were like a couple Kiss cartoons and things like that. Yeah. And then he apparently went to Michael Crichton's casting and, and Crichton asked him to just stare at him for like a minute without making facial expressions. Oh, well, no wonder that was a scene in the movie <laughs> yeah. then. Yeah, because that's 90% of what Gene Simmons does in this is just stare just stares. in the creepiest way. With respect to Simmons, if that's what he was asked to do by the director, Michael Crichton. Then it was definitely like up there for performance wise. But Simmons also said that he didn't see Luther as evil, but yeah. as a deadly animal who kills somebody who kills when someone gets in his way. And also, the gun that he carried right, the rocket was pistol. so ridiculous and shot bullets that, like, targeted people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, in that case, why would you need to be there to shoot it? Because if it targets somebody, it'll just do it from anywhere. So why did you need to be there? <laughs> I don't understand this movie. The premise of the gun is, is is easy to understand. You shoot a bullet and it tracks the target and it has some propellant that allows it to continue. It's basically like a mini and missile. And like curve around corners exactly. and obstacles yeah. and shit. But later on, like Tom Selleck's like other partner that works in the runaway division like explains that it like genetically targets 
individuals, but it has no explanation for how that works because that would mean that you'd have to plan ahead of time how the bullets and get are targeted. the genetic sample. Right, of who you're targeting. That doesn't make sense at all. None of it makes sense. If they had just said it just it just follows the target and just left it at that, we would have been like, all right, it's a sci-fi gadget. We get it. Okay, fine. Move on. I don't know why he needs that gun. That doesn't make sense. It's not important to the story other than it gives Gene Simmons a really big gun to put in front of his face when he stares at you. A gigantic gun. It's, it's really so big. big. There's just like lots of elements of this movie of like they just want a, a little bit extra in terms of ideas, but didn't really want to do the work to integrate it. To be fair, this this film's mostly easy to follow, you know. Yeah, I absolutely was able to follow the minimal plot that it had. <laughs> it is a basic plot. It's a very basic plot of like this guy is trying to distribute chips that will turn robots into monstrous, like yeah, monstrous b- things. Do they really give us a reason why? No, he's doing he's that. Just, he's no, no, they don't. He's just Gene Simmons as Luther. That's like that's all you know. It's not, and like you could have just called him Gene Simmons, and I would have followed it just as well. <laughs> yeah, it would have been the same. It would have, yeah, it would have been exactly the same. Gene Simmons being in the movie didn't add anything to it, except for make me, you know, more confident in my opinion that Gene Simmons is a fucking creep. <laughs> Did, do you know why Kirstie Alley? What Kirstie Alley thought about this movie? No, and I would love to. Uh, so, Kirstie Alley, 1980s. So, this is the beginning of Kirstie Alley's real star. She's starting to okay. really grow by 1984. She's okay. eventually in Star Trek, and then she goes on to do things like Look Who's Talking and a number of other big productions. You know, she becomes a pretty big hit, and then she does like those weight loss commercials or whatever. And then she was on Dancing with the Stars. She was on Dancing Twice. with the Stars. Yeah. So, Kirstie Alley plays a character by the name of Jackie, who may or may not be a prostitute. It's unclear. She's just helping no Gene Simmons's Luther smuggle the chips around, and it's unclear what exactly her real role is. But she said that it was somewhat difficult preparing for her role because Jackie's a sick girl, and I'm quoting here, fascinated with the evil with which Simmons's character surrounds himself, but she needs that rush of excitement. Therefore, for my role, I tried to remember when I was 13 and had a crush on a guy of 18 who was a criminal. He stole cars was from a wealthy family and was kicked out of school all during the time I knew him. I tried to remember the fascination he held for me. I liked him because he was dangerous. And because I had been raised so straight, I liked that danger. So I just remembered that and it worked. Now, I don't know where that came from because, fair enough, you had to find motivation or whatever. But this character doesn't have a lot to do (laughs) in this movie, so... Yeah, she's basically there as eye candy. But she's also, like vaguely played against Cynthia Rhodes who plays Ramsey's partner as like an example of how like kind of as like that classic good versus evil example yeah Ramsey's partner straight and narrow eventually like becomes partner that's more you know and where Jackie Rogers as Luther's (laughs) toy basically basically she's a toy is just very like one-dimensional And then dies. She gets shot and then thrust into a pool that is already red. The pool is already filled with fake blood before the body hits the water. They they did multiple takes, I think. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Because that (laughs) was so fucking funny. And nobody at the outdoor restaurant 
seemed bothered. Even cares that a woman has just been shot. He shoots her and then shoots at someone else. He shoots at Tom Selleck. And, and everyone just goes, cares. oh, I'll just have dinner. That's fine. Like, it's a normal thing. Yeah, let me just eat my hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> like, those people must be on as many drugs as Gene Simmons was. I mean, it was the 80s, so... <laughs> There was a lot of cocaine. My one-liner had three layers because it was also talking about the drug. (laughs) (laughs) But this does get me to my dislike, which is I did not need the extended kiss sequence at the end of this fucking movie. It was terrible. It's gross. And not just because (laughs) of the kiss, which was, you know, horrific, but also because at one point they like break it off and he's like, do you like to cook? Oh, and, and yeah. I'm just like, that is the most sexist thing oh. that could have come out of your mouth at that point. And also, at that point, he doesn't even know that Lois is actually, like, his robot Lois is dead. Right. He doesn't know right? that. He doesn't know that the robot has actually exploded. So there's that second layer where you're like, oh, you're so you're re- replacing the fucking robot that's basically raising your kid? Yeah. Gross, dude. But there's also just the sexist, misogynist. It's- that line doesn't. Oh, do you need to like to here. cook? And then she's like, "I could learn." And I'm like, "No, no, no, it. no." She says, "Try me." Oh, does she? I thought, okay. Uh, unless you watch a different version of this, she says, "She says, try me." I mean, it is. It is a thing. Like, I think that could not. We didn't need that either. It's clearly like this really kind of creepy thing of, well, you're this police officer, but your role is now going to be the mom figure in the very stereotypical way. It's awful. It's kind of gross. But also just stop having the fucking kiss go Oh my god, the it goes on so long. For ages. But here's the problem with the kiss. It's not just that there's a kiss, which like I kind of expected, although I was thankful that they saved it to the end because so much of this movie is about it's setting up that there is going to be a romance, but she's the pursuer because he yeah. is being very respectful of saying, I want to have you over for dinner as a colleague out of respect for you. And he's not hitting on her. He's being very kind of like that father who's not ready to quite move on kind of thing. And she's being like, oh, well, he's really hot because his mustache really gets me going. And like, yeah, she wants him or whatever. But uh, yes, I do agree that the point of her being the pursuer was good. It is good. But I also think that the makeup artist who did the acid burns. That's it. Should have been fired immediately. So this is part of what makes the kiss (laughs) gross. Like, is, gross, because he's dirty as hell. He's been attacked by these spider creatures that Gene Simmons' Luther has created that basically just attack humans and shoot acid into their faces. So And then explode. And then explode, which seems like a complete overkill. waste. It's, it's a little bit of overkill. a little bit much. Uh, but he does get his comeuppance because he's murder. But so they, yes, they attack his face, them. right? And they, they he's all burnt up and he's got scars and everything. And then, A... You've had acid sprayed off all over your face. You're in a lot of pain right now. I Why are you kissing a woman? But then he kisses her. And <laughs> yeah. it's not just that he kisses her like a little peck on the lips or something. The first kiss is like a peck. It's like a little peck. It's a little more than a peck, but it's it's in that territory. And then And then they like that, step back and like have like a short conversation. Just like a couple lines back and forth. And then they make out for the entire run of the credits. And why that's gross is his nasty ass burnt dead flesh is getting all up on her face as they're doing it. And I don't know about you. I know for myself, I, I've never wanted to kiss a woman who has massive acid burns on her face. Who's in who probably desperate need for uh, medical attention. My immediate reaction is maybe we could save the kiss for when we find out that you're not dying. 
Also, where is his kid? Yeah, <laughs> that entire Bobby. ending secret. Where is his child? That's right. Who he literally went to that building to save. That's so right. Right. So the whole thing is like Gene Simmons has stolen Tom Selleck's kid, and it's like, ah, oh, like, ah, oh, you bring bring the the rest of the the little like. Uh, blueprints or whatever and like your kid will live and then turns out not so much and so he sends his kid down but he sends his kid down down the 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 escalator elevator or whatever and the little spider robots have been programmed to kill any moving thing that comes down the elevator which is very specific well it's not that comes down the elevator it's that leaves the leaves the elevator and then she shows up but she's not supposed to be there and rescues the kid and then we never see the kid again so he's rescued but he's just like apparently on the second or third floor of this construction building waiting for his dad and this random cop woman to come save him who he's met once right literally the second time he meets her she's like running through the door to try and save him from spider robots yeah pretty much yeah so he's a little traumatized but i'm sure he's gonna be happy to know that his dad is getting some on like the 18th floor so you know that's where that's going i know but you didn't have to say it And then there's that weird, like, right before this, there's that weird moment where he, like, goes to check if Luther is dead, right? <laughs> oh, and, and Luther up. just screams. <laughs> and then he nods. And, <laughs> and he then, nods when he dies. He's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Literally. And also, in every other scene, the spiders also exploded. Right away. Except with, like, right away. Like, right as soon as they've injected the acid into their victims, they explode. Except for when six of them attack Luther. So obviously it can't just be a malfunction because, yeah, I would believe maybe one of them not exploding, but not all seven of them or whatever. Like, what the fuck? They held off. They held off out of respect for their maker. It was, yeah, it was grief. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, they, they're very much delayed gratification robots. <laughs> <laughs> Kind listener, I had just taken a giant gulp of wine as he said that and almost died. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) You didn't think you were going to learn about delayed gratification robots today, did you? It was not something I expected a refresher lesson on, no. Yeah, aren't you sad that that's not the kind of robots we have today? This movie (laughs) predicted that we would have them. We did not get delayed gratification robots. But only only those six of them. There's those six. Yeah, they're the new model. The new the, model. The original is models can't you just they just can't hold it. They just go. It's like your average man. <laughs> he just has to go. <laughs> These other ones have learned how to please. Oh boy. I hate myself. <laughs> Especially since you can easily oh, drag no. this metaphor out because how they in- inject the acid into him <laughs> is through like a proboscis. Like <laughs> They're more like mosquitoes with extra legs. They penetrate him, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I wasn't taking a gold in, because... I think that brings us to getting to our final thoughts in a grade, you think? I think so. Yeah. I believe so. Well, Becca, go on. What is your final thought about this movie in a grade? What would you grade this? I will say that this movie could have been worse. <laughs> Infinitely. Infinitely worse. But because of the really nice father-son relationship and... Like, 99% of his interactions with a woman as a partner. I would give it, like, a C plus. Wow, that's really high for a torture cinema movie. Because it could have been so much more misogynistic than it was. That's true. And because 
Gene Simmons really did play up the creepy factor, and I can respect that it has its place in this movie, even if I don't like it very much. (laughs) Fair. So I would give this like a C plus because it could have just been senseless, but they were actually kind of respectful. I think that's fair. Honestly, that is kind of how I'm pretty similar to how I'm feeling, not necessarily with this specific grade, but I am right where with you. I was expecting them to really ham up the idea of like, oh, a woman cop, like, oh, you can't have one of those. And they didn't. This version of the future is just like, nah, fuck off. Like, women can be in the force, whatever, who gives a shit. To be fair, it's not the most exciting unit. I mean, they just go turn off agricultural robots for most of the time until Gene Simmons starts putting evil chips in them. But yeah. But still, I I respect that that's a thing they acknowledged. And while I wish they had just kept that platonic relationship. It did make sense. It did make sense. Except for the, like, one line about cooking. Yeah, they didn't need that. that. Like, everything else felt like a natural progression of a relationship. So, yeah. So, for me, I would give it a C-. minus. Okay. This is a reversal. I feel like usually it's me and Alex giving the lower grades and you giving the higher okay, grades. Okay. I'm discerning. <laughs> Shut up. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, right. It's still... So, that just means it's it gets a C. It's a C. We get average it all out. It gets a C. Which... Isn't failing. No. But also isn't very good. Well, a C is better than the grade anyone else has given because it's under 60% on IMDb. <laughs> so take that for what it is. Oops. Neil Gaiman reviewed it <laughs> for Imagine Magazine. Wow. The quote is, the race to outwit the cybernetic psycho is gripping stuff, mostly, <laughs> with a terrifying showdown atop an unfinished skyscraper. And as the hero cop with no head for heights, Selleck is fine. In betweens, he spends too much time just being a heartthrob. Oh, That's so sweet! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, folks. Well, oh, we've Lord. done it. We have done a new episode yes. of this show. We are intoxicated and enjoying life. So, as always, if you'd like to let us know what you thought about this episode, this movie, for heaven's sakes... Uh, you can go over to skiffingfanny.com slash listener suggestions. You can also tell us other films you'd like us to cover that are bad films. If you'd like to follow us, we're at skiffingfanny on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get our newsletter at skiffingfanny.com slash newsletter. And if you love what we do and you appreciate these episodes, please go to patreon.com slash skiffingfanny and support us there with a dollar or more. It's nice if you do that. And then leave us reviews on iTunes and other podcatchers. As for me, you can find me at Sean Duke on Twitter, seanduke.net, alphabet streams on Twitch, and patreon.com slash thejoyfactory. And you can find me at Becca E96 on Twitter, Dicey Druid on Twitch, and on a couch somewhere napping. Those are really important moments in your life. They really are. <laughs> All right. Well, I I need to make this awkward now because that's my requirement as I as I do. So, oh gosh, Becca's already in. <laughs> <dreaded> this. <laughs> I will just say that uh, I am also building spider robots, but instead of shooting acid out of their proboscises, uh, proboscisy, proboscai, 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 whatever the plural of that is, instead of acid, they will just shoot straight vodka right into your mouth. I'll accept that. Yeah. So there you go. All right. And on that note, awkward ending. And And scene. scene.
If you want to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty or skiffyandfanty.com, our website, where you can get access to all of our fancy things. Our music comes from Holy Mole. You can support him and his work at patreon.com slash holy mole. Thank you for listening.